This week's podcast is sponsored by Direction. Welcome to another episode of Investing with IBD, the podcast. It's Justin Nielsen here, and it's Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. We've got a special Valentine's Day episode for you. So uh, we're going to have a little fun with it. Uh, call it our Valentine's Day special. Um, the fact is, look, relationships have their ups and downs, and our relationships with stocks, of course, can take that even more literally. So we often talk about the old stock market adage, you want to date your stocks, not marry them. So how do you decide when it's time to call it quits and move on to your next uh, your next squeeze? So, uh, you know, or as The Clash would say, darling, you got to let me know, should I stay or should I go? And to help me out with today uh, today's episode, as he always does, it's Arusha Paris. He is my stock market therapist uh, and, of course, a portfolio manager at O'Neill Global Advisors. How are you doing, Arusha? I'm I'm doing well, Justin. Happy Valentine's Day to you and all the listeners, and especially our producer Mike. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, he's he's trying to make us uh, get this done so he can actually have a Valentine's Day himself because he's on the East Coast, and of course, uh, you know, it's sure we'll 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 try and get you out of here uh, soon enough. Um, but yeah, let's let's go ahead and start with the market uh, because, I mean, the fact is when things are this good. It's really hard to think about calling it quits. I mean, you know, you, you're, you're seeing so many stocks that are looking so phenomenal. And um, I don't know, what, what what's your take on the market? I mean, you look at the NASDAQ composite. And of course, you know, we had yesterday, the CPI report came out and it was a little bit hotter than expected. Uh, I think overall, it's still coming down in the right direction. But, you know, the fact that so many people are getting so excited about when those cuts are going to happen by the Fed... Uh, it, it, it did kind of shake things up, but it seems like every time we get a one day shakeup, we're right back at highs within a, a couple days. Do you think that's going to be the case this time around? Uh, it's it's always hard to to say, but that's that as you said. I mean, that's the character of the stock market right now. Uh, every time it happens, I I think there's no way it's going to happen again, and it seems like it happen it, it does it again. So I think you have to default to yeah. It should hold around here, right? That's been the character. If it breaks, then that's a change of character. That's mm -hmm. really the best way to do it instead of kind of assuming one way or the other. Of course, when you have a day like yesterday, it's very easy to get emotional and get scared and, and say this is the top of, of this and we're probably due for some kind of pullback. So we'll have to wait and see on that. I think the key, though, is that 21-day moving average. You guys highlight it all the time on mm -hmm. IBD Live. Uh, and I think, how does it behave there? And it hasn't even touched it yet. Uh, so if it were to break that, now that might say that, okay, the market might need a rest, our kind of stocks might need a rest, and it just might be time for some new bases to build. Yeah. And as bad as yesterday was, I mean, again, it, it felt like a decent clobbering. The NASDAQ composite only came down to the 10-day moving average line, you know, not, not even to the 21-day. Yeah. It got support at the 10-day moving average line, which has uh, held a lot of this uh, move so far. I mean, the 21-day, uh, definitely. Uh, the 10-day has hold, held a lot of the move. You had the kind of breakdown uh, to start the year. Um, one one little test after that uh, you had a, a, a couple weeks ago, again, came down uh, after the Fed meeting. And then right back up in two days, uh, back back to new high territory. But let's let's turn our attention to the Russell 2000 because the small cap index is a lot more interest sensitive. And you know, if you look at the weekly chart, it's obvious that 2000 is one of the important areas for the Russell 2000. I mean, that 2000 level it hit its head so many times on that level, uh, and then got turned away. Briefly had a moment uh, above it for a couple weeks back down to the 10 week moving average line. And now we got above the 2000 level again, got immediately rejected. CPI came in. Uh, this, this, this had had, I mean, if you go back to the daily, we had had these three days of one and a half percent plus gains, uh, boom, boom, boom. And then the CPI report, you know, kind of took, took it all away in a single day. I mean, that was down almost 4% in that, uh, in yesterday's action. So, We've been talking about breadth and, you know, it'd be nice to have the small caps kind of get get in there a little bit and and participate as well. Um, do you think this, I mean, it got support the 50-day. 
you think it's still uh, viable? Yeah, you know, th- here's the crazy thing. This is still pretty much normal action for, <laughs> for which uh, now maybe the last few days with how strong, how volatile it's been. But this obviously went from 1633 up to 2071, and it's been consolidating that move this whole time. And it's starting to get a little bit tighter. The range is starting to get a little bit tighter. Uh, and so you could, I think you, you definitely can see it a little bit better on the weekly chart where you have that strong prior uptrend. And it's almost building a little bit of a cup here uh, pattern. So it, I think it is, for the most part, pretty normal action. And it looks like it's just been consolidating that move and trying to set up a new base that maybe it can emerge out of and and finally get establish a uh, a support level above 2000 yeah and so um let's let's go ahead and take a look at the the, the breadth you know I, I mean if you kind of want to be uh not to twist the relationship uh, analogy too much but if you want to be playing the field uh you'd like to have a lot of field to play off of and if you look at gmiaa uh, which is the nyse advanced decline line um, we are still above that 10 week, uh, I, I'm sorry, the 10 day uh, moving average line. And certainly, um, you know, today's action is going to help that a little bit. Uh, yesterday was, gosh, I, I, I can't remember the last time I saw, I think it was like 13 to one decliners over advancers. I mean, it was just so skewed, um, you know, in favor of decliners yesterday. But uh, today, you know, again, a bounce back. Um, this is back above its 10 day line. Is this, how, how much attention are you paying to the advanced decline line right now? I'm not paying that much attention at all. Uh, now, I think it is interesting uh, that you are seeing more broader participation. Uh, and honestly, I mean, you. I feel like there has been uh, enough uh, participation, even though the Russell hasn't participated just yet. You, you've had, it's more, it's broader than last year. Right. Remember, last year was just a handful of stocks that were carrying and everything. Mm-hmm. This time around, you are seeing more stocks participate. It's just in few. It's just still in a small amount of sectors. I think that's the bigger issue here. Uh, and so it's just, hey, if you're in tech, you're 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 loving it right now. If you're in a lot of other things, yeah, you're you're getting frustrated. So so yeah, I, I don't pay too much attention uh, to to this every day. I'll 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 take a, take a look at it every few days or so, but in the end, it's those underlying stocks and uh, a number of those technology stocks, those fast moving, high growth stocks, uh, they and more lo- tilted towards larger caps uh, stocks. They're they've been working pretty well. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things that's kind of interesting is, uh, and if you go to XLK, I mean, obviously, you know, you break down the the S and P five hundred into you know what what the 11 sectors and XLK is by far that's that's where the action is but you look at XLI for instance the industrial sector that doesn't look too bad i mean that's you know that 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 looks pretty decent you look at XLV and especially on the weekly chart this looks like a big long base that we're potentially just coming out of right now now granted the relative strength is poor on this the relative strength line has been in a downtrend because it just hasn't participated but this is a really long base that it's potentially coming out of you look at XLF and despite all of the um you know the action that was kind of brought on by New York uh community uh NYCB you know and and the KRE having another tough time uh because of that uh, new york community bancor um xlf doesn't look bad i mean it it's it's really shaking off that whole weakness in the regional bank area um a lot of tight action support at the 10 week moving average line again the relative strength not great because uh, you know it, it's just it it just hasn't been performing as well as the s&p 500 uh, that's what the relative strength line is comparing it against the s&p 500 which is so tech heavy right now at the top. Um, it's 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 almost right there with the Nasdaq, not quite, but it's 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 up there. So, I mean, it is should we be looking at potential sector rotation if the tech area takes a break? Are all of these poised to maybe pick up the slack? Potentially, but I think with with some of these areas like XLF, uh, it, it's still heavily leaned towards the large cap, right? So the, the large banks. Look mm-hmm. at J.P. Morgan uh, and and uh, stocks like that. They're the ones that seem to be carrying uh, th- these sectors here. Uh, so yeah, you could see that rotation. 
Um, and so, so I, I think it is, it's possible, but I don't think you want to necessarily be rushing into it because I feel like there have been a few other opportunities where everyone's tried to rush into this rotation and assume that tech is, is not, is going to rotate out and take a break. And, you know, they've been left behind because uh, tech also, and as we saw with the markets, they bounce back so fast. So I, I think, uh, yes, you can add up uh, that rotation, but let, let those stocks really prove themselves before slowly starting to move to them. Yeah. And, and to your point uh, for XLF, JP Morgan is is number two in terms of the weighting. It is at like 9.4. Um, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, BRKB, uh, and I do have a position in Berkshire, uh, just, just a small one to kind of diversify a little bit. Um, you know, that that's the that's the biggest weight uh, at 13 percent. And you also have Visa and MasterCard uh, yeah. together making about 15 percent. And and I mean, Visa's Visa and MasterCard have both been looking really strong. I mean, these have been holding above their 21 day moving average lines, um, you know, just just like the market, maybe not as big a moves, but nice and steady. They're 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 the perfect type of stocks to have in the portfolio <laughs> as a counterweight, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, with low betas and they just slowly crawl up. Uh, it enables you to uh, get a little bit more aggressive in maybe some of the the faster moving stocks because like the Visa and Mastercards are just slowly crawl up. I mean, honestly, looking back, I wish I wish I bought <laughs> bought some of this to 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 uh, to put in there. But I, I always have a tendency to try to go for some of the faster moving ones. Mm -hmm. So you know, of course. We got to talk about the the stocks that are really getting the love. Uh, tech, as as we've mentioned, um, you know the Magnificent Seven, or you know, I mean, if you look at FNGS, which represents the the, the Fang stocks, I mean, this has been on a really strong tear. Um, yeah. I mean, again, to your point, should we just be sticking with you know what's working? You know, should we should we just be sticking with the pretty ones out there? Well, it depends. Yeah, I mean, if I, I think if I mean the way I look at it, and and the way that I've been trying to do it is, I try to pick one or two stocks to try to get more room, to mm -hmm. to pull back, to build new bases. A lot of the other stocks, if they're up that fifteen twenty percent, I'm trying to be a little bit more aggressive in in locking in gains. Uh, now looking back, you know, I wish I didn't, and for some of these stocks, <laughs> so they kept going up. Uh, but it, it's not always the case, but uh, I've just more to kind of reduce the volatility in, in just kind of the larger equity curve. Uh, I've been trying to do that. And I, I think for the most part, that's the way to do it. So you kind of have a little bit of a balance. So then, yeah, then you free up some of that money naturally because you're trying to sell some of those stocks. You're locking in some of the gains in some of those stocks. Uh, and then you can move into to, to some of those other ones. But there are a few big time leaders in this market. And if you have one of them and, you know, you have a lot of conviction in it and, and you have a, a good cushion on it, um, you can lighten up on it, but you probably don't want to completely get out of that position. You want to try to give it a little bit more of a chance. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about this earnings season. Um, I, I think in the past uh, year here, we were maybe a little bit more hesitant to hold through earnings because it, we just didn't have as much cushion on things. Um, you know, if, if you had... If you had some of these uh, winners uh, from last year, uh, maybe you could do it, but it was it was a little bit tougher. I feel like uh, it's been a little bit more comfortable for me to hold through earnings uh, this time around because I have more cushion. Things seem to be rowing in the right direction. Um, and there have been a lot of earnings reports that have not only rewarded you, but I mean, could could have changed your portfolio uh, completely, you know, and I'm thinking of stocks like Meta, for instance, when yep. it had its big move, Arm Holdings, uh, you know, up 50 percent in in a day after its earnings, you know, and there have been a lot where 20 percent just seems to be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> that that's normal. Uh, it, it's normal here, and uh, as much as you know, I was kind of thinking earnings season was over. I mean, even this week, we're still having uh, a lot of. Uh, stocks coming out with their earnings that are really kind of having some some big moves. So are you are you kind of treating earnings uh earnings reports earnings season a little bit differently this time around? Yeah, I I'm a little bit more willing to to hold through earnings with just the way the the behavior is this time around. Uh, so yeah, usually I'll lighten up and and it's same thing. I'm I'm still going to lighten up if I don't have a a big enough cushion 
in it. But uh, but for those stocks that I have conviction in, I'm going to try to give it a chance be- because of the environment. In, in the end, I think you're seeing all these gap ups. Obviously, we're in an environment where even the ones that are gapping down, they've they've been forgiven a lot of times. Maybe they have that big gap. Like a, I think of like a, a Pinterest, mm-hmm. right? Where uh, Pinterest uh, gap down and uh, it has it, it. It's it's still kind of hanging in there. Um, the, I, it at least stopped the selling instead of continuing. It, last, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that isn't like I, there was another one that gapped down massively and, and started to recover a lot of those games. I can't I can't remember. Uh, Monday.com. Uh, Monday.com. I mean, that's an example. Of, you know, yeah. it, it it gapped down on its earnings and a decent Perfect. amount, and yep. it's now filling in that gap. So. And when you look on the weekly chart, you're like, hey, you know what? It's closing. Support in the, the ten week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. you know? exactly. So we're in that environment where it is a forgiving environment. Uh, and a lot of times that's that's how you want to look at it. Really, the key is the, the, the first stock that I really try to pay attention to is Netflix because they're usually one of the first tech stocks to report. And so when you when you saw like a, a Netflix uh, open up, I mean, they gapped up pretty big, you know, that that was to me like, OK, maybe we're maybe we'll have a, a more forgiving earnings season. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time around, I mean, there there have been times, and I've been in Netflix in the in, in years past where they've gapped down massively, and I, I didn't yeah. take advantage. I didn't I didn't listen to the what the market was saying. I think it was like 2018. Netflix gapped down big, and then I was like, oh, maybe let me hold Meta the next day, and that gapped down big, even bigger, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. so I, I like using Netflix as uh, a gauge because I think that's that's generally like one of the first technology stock. So I like just to take a look at it and say, okay, how are they treating this? Maybe that bodes well for the others. I mean, obviously it's, it's, there's not, I mean, it's not a lot of science to that, but it's just kind of your first glimpse that maybe the environment will be a little bit more forgiving mm-hmm. uh, towards um, to, towards some of these reports. Mm-hmm. And, and last question, just kind of on this earnings, earnings topic. Um, you know, there, there have been kind of, uh, I feel like with these, with these strong gaps, there have been kind of a couple ways that they go like Netflix. And I do have a position in Netflix myself. Uh, you know, it, it kind of gaps up and then it kind of holds yeah. kind of almost builds a nice little, um, you know, flat area and potentially goes again. I feel like meta is doing a similar thing yeah. uh, where it had that big gap up and it's just holding tight right now. And then you have something like SMCI where it came out with kind of preliminary earnings then it's actual earnings, which you would have thought, oh, well, you know, it probably got this, you know, it probably got the the air kind of, you know, taken out of it already because of the pre-announcement. But no, it was it was up a good amount on earnings. And this thing just hasn't stopped. Uh, I mean, up 11 percent today. Uh, it, it's and, and yesterday it was up. You know, the, the market is down. Everything is down. And this was just up still. So um and, and any any kind of insight into this difference, and how how do you get into more of these? Well, you know, I mean, yeah, it's. I think though the one the one thing, the one way to increase your probability of getting into one of these is seeing how it behaved before, right? And this is not the first time it went on a monster run last year too. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. The 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 hard part about the the markets is you see these stocks and you're like, oh man, I wish I could, uh, I, I'm an, I wish I was in an SMCI right now. And then like a few months later, three, four months later, it might give you another chance, but you forget, right? That you wish at that point, because you moved on to other stocks. Mm-hmm. And so the, the key is to have that watch list and to remind yourself when, when hey, what I like these for this reason. Because um, that I honestly, I think in many ways, that's for me personally, that has been, one of the hardest things that uh, is keeping track of some of the stocks where yeah. it might be like, I mean, SMCI went sideways for like what, five, six months or so. Right. Uh, and so it took some time, uh, but then it just kind of tightened up. And uh, now would we would have imagined that it was going to do this? No, but did it have the potential to go on another pretty decent run? Yeah. It, it, I think it ha- had definitely had that potential if it was able to break out of this consolidation again. Uh, especially with when you look at the story and all this kind of stuff, they're just so mm-hmm. well positioned for that. So I think the the key is, you know, a lot of times, and and David Ryan said that uh, plenty of times in the past, right? You know, a lot of stocks that you know you might miss the first double, but put it on a watch list and try, and you might be able to get this next time it doubles, right? So 
I, I think that's probably the closest thing to do to try to increase your probabilities of it. Uh, but these are obviously once every year, once every <laughs> right. few years. I yeah. mean, it is remarkable. This is one of the best runs I've ever seen. It, this is yeah. like, you know, it's up 147% in six weeks. And I can promise you, because I, when it came down to the 50 day, I was I was really thinking about getting into it, but I, I just didn't pull the trigger. I, I probably would have sold it that first day. Oh, when yeah. It broke out because mm -hmm. it was up 35% at that day. And I, I probably was like, you know what? Let me just take that gift. Yeah. Uh, at mm -hmm. that point. Um, so so it, it's uh, it, it's hard to imagine some of these stocks running this much. But I think the key is put it on a watch list. Let it settle down, and when it sets up again, take a shot then, and mm -hmm. keep a tight stop too, right? Because, I mean, it's already gone on a massive run, yeah. so there's a lot of expectations going into the next quarter, and a potential drawdown that could be pretty serious if you try yes. to buy this extended. You always have to be very cognizant of that. So, uh, let's go ahead and uh, take a break real quick, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about these stocks that it's really easy to fall in love with. Stay tuned; we'll be right back. Trading Apple, sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes it gets you. Single stock daily leverage and inverse ETFs from Direction. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's objectives, risk, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully. Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen here, your host, and it's a little bit of we time on this special Valentine's Day episode. So, of course, helping me out, as he does every week, is Arusha Paris, one of the portfolio managers over at O'Neill Global Advisors, also an analyst over there. So uh, let's get into this a little bit more, this whole idea of should I stay or should I go? Uh, and also, I mean, look, we're, we're, we're not the young spring chickens that we were, Arusha, and you know, playing the field is a little bit harder. So sometimes it's better to kind of concentrate your attention on a single stock or few, uh, as opposed to trying to, you know, date, date everybody out there. So how do you go about, you know, really kind of making that decision of this is the stock or these are the stocks that one or two that are special that I'm going to treat differently than let's say, as you mentioned, the 15, 20% gains that you're going to take here. So what what distinguishes those? It, it really just comes down to your understanding of the company. And it's it can be very tough sometimes. Mm -hmm. so, sometimes when you're in a strong market and everything's going, I mean, and we are in a strong market, not everything's going, but a lot, there are a bunch of things going still. Yeah. Um, a, lot, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll, I'll shoot first, ask questions later. Right, where it's like things are breaking out. Okay, let me get positions, then do the research if I haven't had time to do the research. Uh, but what I've found over the years, the ones that I'm able to hold the longest are the ones that I just understand the story a lot better. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, what one stock that I own now is like I think like everyone probably owns is Nvidia. That that one I have a position as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I would hope so if you're on IBD Live <laughs> right. every, every pretty much every day. Uh, but uh, but for me that that has been one of the the stocks that I've been able to hold uh, for a, for a while because I just understood the story. Right? It was just hey, mm -hmm. just picks and shovels playing AI. We're all familiar with Nvidia. Nvidia's gone on some amazing runs in the past. It was just that familiarity and the large liquid stock. Now, could I have imagined it was going to do it this, this well? No. And did I sell a, bun a bunch of it at points where it was way too early? Yes, right? So mm -hmm. it, it sometimes it, it's just really hard to, to, to know how far they can go. Um, but you know, having at least some of that position there, especially when it was going through the base building process, right? It took like five, six months off. Yeah. Uh, during that time, I still held on to some shares. Uh, and, and what, what I found is that really helped me get back into it quicker when it, when it started, when it was ready to go again. Right. And there were, mm -hmm. there were a couple of fits and uh, uh, starts on it. Um, but so, yeah, so in, in years past, I mentioned Shopify, uh, in, in the past, like that was like for, for me in 2020 and maybe 20, 2019, I can't remember. Uh, but I just, I just read a bunch, I read about the story. It, got, it made sense to me. Uh, I, and, uh, cause I, I had more of a tech background and, and so that, that, that kind of stuff made sense to me. 
Um, so I, I, there, there are a couple of keys. First, you need to understand the story. Second, you need to, uh, a lot of times the best ideas where you're going to develop that conviction are ideas that are right in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you might be using some of these products and uh, so, or you might have industry expertise. I, I remember looking at years ago at some chemical stocks and I, I think uh, GTLS, right? Chart Industries, right? I was, I was looking at that, that stock like years ago, I'll switch over to the, the monthly chart and it was probably back here in 2011, 2012 when it was, it was doing well there. And I was looking at like their distillation processes and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> right. right. So it's like, I don't know why this distillation process is better than this one. Right. But I'll tell you what, some chemists could say would give you a hundred ideas why chart industries is doing well versus some, someone else. So, um, so you, you have to realize that you're not going to understand every leader. You don't need to understand every leader and where you're going to have a higher probability of are within industries that you understand or products and services that you're using. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that there is kind of this combination, too. I mean, uh, if, if we're going to use the the Valentine's Day analogy, when you kind of are getting to know the story, you're getting to know a little bit about the personality, the, you know, what what makes a person tick, you know, so there there is kind of like that that feeling of getting to know the insides, you know, the insides are so important, not just, you know, how attractive they look, but you look at the chart and I think that's kind of like, hey, this this looks pretty too, you know? So when you have both of them where, hey, you know, this has this has something really, you know, uh, good head on its shoulders, you know, good management, all of these great fundamentals uh, and the chart is there and it looks pretty too. I think that's kind of when you've got the, the, the best of both worlds. And certainly uh, you, you're gonna have those stocks where you have maybe a little bit more commonality. You, you understand the story a little bit um, as opposed to, like if I'm, you know, if if I'm looking at a a potential partner and and you know, let's say they went to USC, I mean, what am I going to have in common with them as opposed to someone that went to UCLA, right? You know, so there 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 are those things where you, I can understand you a little bit better, um, you know, when when you're in the right industry, I guess. Uh, does that does that sound about right? Yeah, I I would add that uh, you're going a lot of times the way you you'll find a leader initially. And you wouldn't realize it might be the next big leader, right? Is through the chart. You'll yeah. see a beautiful pattern forming. You'll see a very strong relative strength line. That's the so initial attraction. <laughs> exactly. You're using the charts to screen and identify stocks with potential. But to be able to have a chance to hold on to them, that's where understanding the story and developing that conviction comes in. Because I'll, I'll tell you, I've, over the last 15, 20 years, I've been in probably every big time winner yeah. or many of them. But the ones that I got shaken out of and shaken out of pretty early, I didn't really understand fundamentally mm -hmm. and uh, what was going on with the company and how much of a game changing uh, event was taking place there. Right. And, so, and it's always easy up, in hindsight. It's always in easy hindsight. In hindsight. <laughs> You're like, oh, of course. Exactly, exactly. But but and and you know the reality is during like for some of those major game changing stocks, no one understands how big this mm -hmm. is getting, right? Mm -hmm. People back in the day for Apple back in 2003, 2000 when I think it was 2004, right? Broke out of the Yeah, the broke out in 2004. There, right. Mm -hmm. I I was buying it at that point. Mm -hmm. And I saw I was like I think that looks like a couple of handles, a lot of big volume. And all I know is they have this really expensive iPod player there, but I didn't really understand. And once again, I don't think the market really understood until after a few more quarters, you started seeing the revenue coming in. They were going to, uh, and then of course the iPhone and all the other stuff too. So it, it, it's re it's hard for anyone to understand, which is why analysts are always going to be behind the game for the most part, right? They're, they're, they're generally going to, be behind these things because the markets are going to they're going to move a lot quicker the stocks are going to move a lot quicker before a lot of these things are priced in um so i think you're using the charts then you have to develop the conviction and then you have to have some kind of rules 
to try to keep you in to in some of those stocks, right? And it doesn't have to be every stock. Well, right. like when when I started out initially, every stock I bought, I thought was going to be another monster winner, right? It, it's like you see all I'm those examples, you. right? That you probably worked <laughs> on with Bill. All these uh -huh. examples of going monster moves, like hey, you know what? They they, they all work. The yeah. the reality is most of them are going to go up that twenty percent or so, and then correct and build new bases, but. Which ones are breaking out really powerfully? Which ones have those monster earnings and sales? Strong relative strength. And I think a lot of times, which ones right out of the gate are you are you up big on, right? I, that, that tells you a lot. Uh, so it's all those kind of little characteristics that could give you an idea of, hey, you know what? This is behaving like a leader. Maybe it's not going to end up being a leader, but behaving like a leader, let me try to do a little bit more conviction to give me a little bit more staying power because when they come in, it's gonna it's gonna be heartbreak, right? If we're, if we're going with the Valentine's thing, it's gonna be it's gonna be heartbreak, uh, and and it's mortifying to to watch if you if that stock corrects 40 percent, uh, or even thirty percent, say goes yeah. to normal kind of base building process, uh, it, it, it's it, you're gonna be you know anchoring on to how much money you had, and now you've given thirty mm -hmm. percent of that money back in that stock. Right. Uh, it's 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 going to be uh, it can be pretty tough at that time. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, let's go ahead and uh, sticking with the NVIDIA example. And again, we, we both have positions in it now, but I I did not hold through that 70 percent plus correction that we had. You know, it, it, it and, and by the way, in NVIDIA, I will also say this is one that I bought in 2016. I yeah. bought it like in, in the 30s and I think split adjusted. That's like around eight. <laughs> so yeah I, yeah i, I can know. show you exactly where where i oh, i came out of a cup with handle in march it came out with a cup with handle but it was within that there was an mm -hmm. earnings gap and it was the week of uh february 19th 2016 it mm -hmm. came out of there and that's where it was came on right and i think i bought it probably right around that march 18 2016 I was right you were buying it too right, right there with you yeah yeah and, and i back then i was even telling people at uh markets so i was like i i like this name i think this mm -hmm. is kind of interesting but it was like a gaming chip and it was still once once yeah. again it was hard it was the gpu that was it was gpu that was it you know but it was hard to understand how much yeah. it can grow right mm -hmm. but the first kind of the first way it came on my radar was the chart was that earnings gap within kind of the base where it's like wow they reported really strong have this massive reaction. So that initially tells you that Wall Street's behind the story, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, and they're trying to struggle to catch up to it. And then the next earnings quarter had another massive gap. And so now more Wall Street, more of Wall Street's behind the story, right? So it's so a lot of times the, the, the best leaders are going to have some really powerful earnings reactions early in their move. Yeah. And, and it, it was, it's really interesting that, you know, again, gaming was really kind of such a big part of it, but uh, in order for you get to get those smooth gaming transitions, you know, especially with the graphics now, I mean, look, uh, I, I think we both remember what Pong was like and the graphics were yes. just not that you know, fabulous. Um, but now, you know, there's so many calculations that are required to get those smooth moves in, in your, in your graphics. Uh, you know, these, these chips that can do all of those calculations are useful for AI, automated driving, uh, crypto uh, mining, when you're having to do these very complicated, uh, solve these complicated problems. Uh, there, there's, there's just a lot there. But, you know, again, this is a stock that I think we, we all would love to marry. But there have been times where, gosh, you know what, maybe we just need a break, you know, <laughs> um, because NVIDIA has had some pretty pretty big downturns again most recently uh and in this last bear market i mean over 70 percent so when do you kind of make that decision like oh you know what this is this is maybe not done forever but it's done for now and and i will i will say bill o'neill founder of investors business daily i saw him say a number of times apple you know what i think i think i've gotten everything i can out of it and then a few months later or, or even longer, he's back in it because it's like now it's now it's a new base set up and I, I'm, I'm on board. So uh, can you talk a little bit about that when maybe something that you you really did have the conviction in, you just don't stay around for the downturn? 
Yeah, and I think twenty the end of twenty twenty one is a perfect example. We we were probably all in Nvidia back then too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and we all got out of it <laughs> when it was breaking the fifty day and heavy volume when the market was going into a, a correction. We didn't know it was going to be this severe bear market at that time, but we knew that it was starting to trigger a lot of major sell signals for us. And it wasn't just Nvidia; it was a lot of stocks yeah. triggering sell signals. So it's the most important thing because in hindsight yeah it looks it, it's it, it, i mean you, you can pull up a monthly chart and go wow you know i had nvidia at four cents and now it's at 739 dollars <laughs> right look look how great the reality is it has gone through a number of these 50 to 70 percent corrections mm -hmm. that required you know, I, th there's no way i'm going to hold through that kind of like mm -hmm. you justin there's no way i'm going to hold to that if the stock is giving major sell signals breaking the 50 day on heavy volume the market's going in correction. All of my other stocks are are hitting major sell signals. I'm just gonna get pushed. The market's gonna push me out, right? And now the key is when does the market pull pull you back in too? And mm -hmm. so for an Nvidia, it, it, it keep it simple, kind of like what you were talking with Bill. Nvidia formed a cup. That was the first base it formed in over a year. So that was probably the first earlier the the first kind of traditional entry. That you could have gotten into it and it was back above its 40 week moving average line exactly yep. yeah so things were so there, there are a few mm -hmm. kind of things what were what, where this was tricky though for an nvidia was it had negative earnings at that yeah. point and really low sales right so that mm -hmm. that's where the trick really was in that and so that's where kind of the conviction would come in where you started researching like hey you know what chat gpt just came out everyone's going crazy over this ai thing this maybe could be a big market and Nvidia is in the center of it all, right? So, so maybe those could have given the convictions. Maybe take a little bit a, a chance on it uh, at that time. Maybe you don't go in super heavy because of the negative earnings and sales, and we're just kind of coming out of a bear market at that point. But when you start coming up with some other reasons to to fully flesh out the idea to get more conviction in it, that's going to give you a better chance. And then, of course, once it broke out. I, the behavior after it broke out was it was show, it was acting like a leader. It was it was given that leadership behavior that stocks over the last hundred years have shown. Mm -hmm. It broke out. It didn't. Look, it, it once it broke out, it didn't look back. Right. It didn't come in and build. You know, go sideways a little for a while. It got past that one ninety area. Took off. Went went three weeks tight. So it spent a few weeks there. Went three weeks tight. Then got past that, got through the next earnings. There was a little bit of an earnings gap there. Then it took off again, did another tight area, essentially put in a flat base here, emerged out of that. Then, of course, had that massive 30% gap up, went tight again, went tight again. These are all things that I remember, Justin, when Bill, uh, Bill mm -hmm. O'Neill used to talk the seminars teach the seminars, he would highlight all these things, right? Look how one time. go over past winners. And the reason, you know, some people would be like, why are you going over all this stuff from the past? Because it repeats. It's you know the same stuff happens over and over. And NVIDIA's perfect example, of that, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. and like wait, five, wait, how many weeks in a row is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine weeks in a row. I could see you marking that up, Justin, yeah. mm -hmm. in, in one of those books 10 years ago, like <laughs> highlighting that. And you're like, oh, of course it's there, mm -hmm. right? But yeah, you're exactly right. There, it showed the character, the, the technical action showed the same characteristics as many leaders of the last hundred years. Mm -hmm. And maybe talk about okay, so uh, there's a lot about these leaders that you know. Again, history doesn't necessarily repeat, but it certainly rhymes. Uh, you know, as as Mark Twain said. Um, but what is consistent sometimes is kind of this strategy. What we're looking for, you know, the elements of. Uh, the story, the chart, you know, and everything like that. So maybe, you know, to just kind of wrap up this this block here, uh, talk a little bit about the things that are kind of consistent for you and, uh, you know, the things that you're kind of more committed to as opposed to the stocks where, you know, those are going to be changing in terms of uh, who who's your flavor of the month, I guess. So, so the things on like kind of a routine perspective or just- Yeah, like or, or and, and just, just strategy in general, because I think, you know, uh, what what can happen with a lot of folks is they have almost strategy drift. They kind of like, oh, you know what? Um, you know, my my growth system isn't working right now. I'm going to switch to value because that seems, yeah. you know, and and I think that's where some people will really fall astray because they're they're trying to chase what's what's hot right now as opposed to sticking with, 
you know, sticking with a, a certain strategy and really kind of getting getting to know that well. Yeah, I, I I think the reality is is that in the end, you're only going to truly develop an expertise in something if you stick with it, right? And mm -hmm. go go spend the years on it, ten thousand hours, right? They say yeah. to, to become an expert at something. So I so the style drift, the strategy drift, you have to be very careful because it's very easy. The markets are always changing where it's going to reward one strategy over another right and so there so there are times where the the o'neill strategy o'neill methodology ibd methodology is just not going to work as well and a value uh, strategy might work well or or some other kind of strategy right and so you have to be aware of that uh but if you keep drifting jumping one strategy to another you're not going to really develop an expertise and spend enough time observing and making the mistakes and really develop that. Now, that being said, I, I mean, I felt I, I felt guilty to do this, too, where we we were in this 2022 bear market where I think all of us became macro experts. Yeah, right. And this was the first time I've really ever even paid, paid a lot of attention to macro, but I spent hours trying to learn about macro and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'll, and while it's interesting and while it's useful to a point, um, I feel like it, it, it hurt me, uh, yeah. in, in the, in the end, because it caused style drift for me too, mm -hmm. where it pulled me away from, from the methodology and I wasn't as pure. And so when I saw the follow through days, when I saw the, the breakouts and things like that, there were voices in my head, like, yeah, but those interest rates could keep going up. Right. Mm -hmm. Or something else, some other macro thing. There's obviously a recession coming in 2023. Right. We and have so, the inverted curve. And when and there's an inverted yield curve, this is what happens. Yeah. I mean, Justin, <laughs> yeah. when we, we started IBD Live, we were all on IBD Live in 2019, 2020. Uh -huh. We were never talking about in, in <laughs> yield curves. Right? Yeah. Now, every day, we're always talking. You know, when I listen to you guys, there's always some kind of macro thing coming. And it's, it, while it's very interesting, it's just very interesting how we've all become that because of just these unusual kind of environments over the years. So I think we've all kind of fallen to that. I've definitely got, I, I was definitely pulled away because of it. Um, where looking back, I, I would have done even better uh, if I just stayed pure, pure mm -hmm. method, the IBD methodology, right? Mm -hmm. Just listen to Bill, look for falter days. What are <laughs> stocks that are breaking out? What are the ones that have the strongest, uh, the strongest RS lines? which ones had that game-changing potential and you would have naturally one of the ideas that would have been kind of flashing your screen was nvidia at that time yeah. and there were there are a number of others but but that in the end it just reconfirmed to me the genius of bill where because mm -hmm. he and i'm sure you've seen these justin but just to give uh some some uh perspective for the listeners out there yeah, Bill O'Neill, in well, as part of William O'Neill and Company, he would write a lot of his thoughts. Right, he would kind of give his weekly update on the mm -hmm. markets. And I saw some some of these that he wrote like in the seventies, and it was so macro. There was so much macro. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. and, and so he he had all this amazing knowledge of just macro and the economy. The, the, and there was that. a famous Wall Street Journal ad from nineteen eighty two where he was like, okay, it's, you know, the, the, the seventies mess is over. It's time for us to go now, you know? And yeah, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was, it was, I mean, it, it was the weirdest ad ever because it was so full of words. There was like no white space. <laughs> was that the one with the gloomy bug? The where, gloomy bug, yes. Uh -huh. yeah, the, yeah. And he called that bottom perfectly, but, but it, it's, I, I, I don't think that people truly understand how much of an stock market expert bill was outside of the charts right mm -hmm. he was he was an expert at a lot of the macro a lot of the fundamental he would project the earnings out and, yeah. and things like that that we don't necessarily do all the time but the genius of bill was he took all that and simplified it and said hey this is really all you need to know mm -hmm. focus yeah. on these monster earnings monster sales the ratings the technical action and the market and you're going to end up in these biggest leaders and you don't necessarily need to have all this other information out there to to find yourself in Nvidia. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just to kind of wrap a bow on this, I think at the end of the day, one of the things that can happen with macro is you end up uh, thinking a lot about what should happen as opposed to what is happening. 
And Bill was a very big proponent of, you know, not, not trying to over in, you know, uh, analyze what is going to happen, you know, targets of, uh, you know, the Dow is going to be at this level. It's, Hey, what is the market doing right now? And analyzing it on a daily basis uh, to that degree. So when we come back, we're going to talk about a few of the stocks that maybe deserve some love. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Trading Tesla. Sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes it gets you. Single stock daily leverage and inverse ETFs from Direction. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's objectives, risk, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully. Welcome back to Investing with IBD Podcast. It's Justin Nielsen here, your host, and we've got our Valentine's Day special here, uh, along with Arusha Paris, who joins me every week. He's an analyst and portfolio manager over at O'Neill Global Advisors. And in the last segment, we were kind of talking about, uh, you know, finding those stocks that are attractive. And sometimes I, it just reminded me how Bill O'Neill, the founder of Investors Business Daily, used to go through chart books. You know, there was this big red maroon book um, and he would go through those charts. And it, it, it kind of makes me think of, uh, you know, what, what the kids nowadays do on Tinder, right? They, they swipe right, swipe left. Uh, you know, they're, they're looking at the chart, you know, not the charts, but they're looking at the uh, attractive potential mates and uh, stuff. And, and, and what Bill would do is he would kind of rip out those pages sometimes and say, Hey, this is, this is one that looks good and interesting. And, um, you know, so, so for those of you that haven't been on Tinder, I haven't myself, uh, but, uh, it it's, that's, that's the way it works. And so we're going to kind of go through some of the stocks that, uh, you know, look a little bit interesting. One of the ways that we do that is either we look at chart books or on MarketSmith, we go through the space bar, right? That's that's kind of our swipe right and swipe left. You can flag things that look a little bit uh, interesting and, and go back to those that um, uh, are worth more research, getting to know them a little bit better. So uh, since it is Valentine's Day, let's go ahead and start with, uh, are, are you going to be going out to dinner tonight, Arusha? Um, no, I don't think tonight we're we're going to postpone it till till the weekend. So I I, I, I do the we same do, thing. but we but yeah. yeah, but in this case, I, I I never go out on Valentine's Day. I'm like, you know what? I don't I don't want to deal with it. So yeah. tonight we're making a cake with Nicholas. Nice. Uh, it, it's it's heart shaped. So that's 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 what our festivities are going to be. But uh, maybe uh, maybe some people are going to go out to sushi. Uh, and uh, K R U S is kind of an interesting uh, pattern here. I mean, there's a lot of the restaurant stocks that have been looking interesting. Um, I, I personally own Chipotle, but I don't think my wife would be okay with me bringing her to Chipotle for Valentine's Day. That just doesn't uh, necessarily... Uh, well, I mean, even if you got some guac... Yeah, well, well you know what? There. You know, my, my mother-in-law lives with us. Uh, I mean, you, you can't <laughs> you, right. you can't mess with her guac, you know. I mean, she's she's full on Mexican, you know. I mean, come on, you know, I'm I'm gonna get it straight from the source. But let's take a look at Kira Sushi. The uh, ticker symbol here is K-R-U-S. And you know, I mean, this is this has been kind of a little bit choppy, a little bit uh, you know, a, a little all over the place, but they have an interesting concept. Uh, we have one not too far away from us. Uh, it's kind of interesting. You've got a, a robot that comes and delivers uh, your, your drinks. Um, and you've got a conveyor belt uh, where you're just like kind of grabbing stuff as it you know comes along. Uh, you can order stuff and it um, zooms it out to you. And you just you know put your plates away at the table. And it kind of keeps track of everything. A lot of automation uh, in, in this restaurant. That's kind of cool. But uh, does this does this chart grab you? Is is the chart attractive? Not necessarily. Uh, it's strong. It's been very strong over the last uh, few months here. So that part uh, mm -hmm. is interesting. It does have a strong relative strength line, um, and and so those parts uh, are are interesting. But you know, that's kind of the character of the stock here. It, it it looks like it's just been in this large trading range for the last year or so where it drops down to around 40, runs back up to hundred, drops back down to 50, runs back up to hundred. Uh, so I, I want to settle down a little bit and put in a base uh, before I, I would really consider it. Um, so yeah, I've, this has come up on the radar for me a number of times. I was like, well, who are these guys? So, uh, but I've never gone to restaurants. So that I think that's a great example there where you can develop the con conviction in a in a stock because justin like if you bought it i i would say you would have a much better chance of holding it than me because mm -hmm. you've gone to the restaurant you've seen some of the newer things that maybe are not in other restaurants and so when it pulls back you might hold on to a while while i just probably might sell and run run for the hills at that time um yeah. so so yeah but you know get on a technical perspective and really even from a fundamental perspective not necessarily there just yet 
but it does have enough things that I think it's worth adding watches. Now, the other negative thing I think for me is that it's a $1 billion stock. And so with the small cap still mm -hmm. struggling and trying to get going and me, myself, I generally do better in larger cap stocks. Um, this would probably be a little bit lower on, on my radar. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Uh, you know what? Let's take a, also a look at Kava Group. Um, you know, it's this is a, a a more recent you know IPO, and I think you know there are these stocks sometimes where maybe they don't have the earnings yet, uh, but you know when you think of restaurant stocks and some of these retail concepts, it's the expansion, right? If, if they if they expand their restaurants, I mean, this is again, what kind of attracted me about uh, Chipotle back in 2010 uh, was one of the first times I bought that. Um, you know, it was that, that expansion phase that it was in. And Kava certainly seems like it might be, uh, you know, potentially doing that. It's, it's almost like a, a similar, similar thing where, okay, we've got kind of the fast, casual Mediterranean, um, is this something that's more your speed? Well, I have a little bit more conviction in it, Justin, because I just went to Kava <laughs> yesterday, last night, okay. and the place was packed. Okay. Uh, and, and so I, I've, I've started, maybe it was only like maybe a couple months ago where I, where I actually finally, it's been there for a while, but I, I just kept ignoring it. But I went a couple months ago and I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. It is very Chipotle-like, right? The setup is all uh, very mm -hmm. similar and stuff like that. And the food was really good, a little bit more expensive than a Chipotle, which not I don't necessarily like. But for a stock, that's better. The more pricier it is, yeah. in my opinion, a lot of times that gives it more uh, power to the stock when they get when they can get going or their kind of their potential because they have that pricing power and the maybe even that pre more premium type of brand there. But uh, so I, I I think does have a lot uh, has potential here. Uh, I'm not sure if it will get as big as like Chipotle, but. Uh, I do own shares of it, even as an analyst for William O'Neill, we just added it to our focus list there because it just okay. has a lot of those O'Neill rate. It, it, it kind of has that, what we're looking for from an O'Neill perspective, right? Where mm. it's a new concept. It's an, as you said, it's a, it's a new store where it had, there's plenty of room for growth. They just started getting some triple digit earnings and sales. Uh, the, the ratings are okay here. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, the, a lot of people that I've spoken to, they still haven't seen a call because they're not in their states just yet. Now it is, ex and, and it finally, of course, broke out of a base here too. So, uh, so, so I, I think it does have some of that potential and I've tried it now. So I have a little bit more conviction to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this one is a little bit more appealing uh, for, to me from a stock perspective. Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, what's interesting is there are a few of these stocks. Okay. This is an IPO. And again, this is kind of a newer thing, but you have had some IPOs of stocks that have been around for a while. And I'm going to kind of uh, make a little transition, you know, Hey, like the hippies, you know, with their free love and everything like that, maybe they were mostly barefoot, but maybe they were wearing Birkenstocks. So uh, <laughs> B I R K look, I, I had my first pair of Birkenstocks 30 years ago. You know, I mean, I, I was I was wearing these shoes, you know, in college uh, in the 90s. Um, so this is a an, it's not a new concept. It's not a new company, but it is a new IPO. Uh, so talk a little bit about uh, is, is this fresh enough? I mean, it's certainly this group. And, you know, you got to look at Deckers and uh, some of the, 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 the leaders here. I mean, De Deckers is definitely one right now. Um, but you know, is Birkenstocks maybe going to capture some of the some of the move that Deckers is seeing? And is it maybe uh, an old dog learning new tricks? It, it, it's uh, I, the things that Birkenstock has going for it is that brand name. Right. Yeah. So it has that strong brand name. We all remember it from years past. I've never had Birkenstock, but I remember a lot of uh, I, I remember it was very stylish like 30 years ago, probably when you were you were wearing them, Justin. <laughs> uh, that, so it was one of those things to have. So I was kind of surprised that it, it, they were coming out public now. Well, and there's a lot more different selection. I mean, you know, a Birkenstock 30 years ago, it was it was the Birkenstock. The sandals, there, there, right? there was one look to it, just like, yeah. you know, Crocs used to have. I mean, Crocs were Crocs. You know, you didn't yeah. have all these different styles. You know, you didn't have platform shoe Crocs and, you know, all these different things. But Birkenstock has now kind of got a lot of different styles to it now. Yeah, I, I think I think it has uh, it has potential there. It is setting up a base. It went tight for a few weeks here uh, on, on the, the weekly chart. They have some really good earnings here. 
Dan, uh, going back to kind of the question with Deckers, there is this underlying trend going on with footwear where people are willing to pay premium prices for mm-hmm. shoes, right? So you, you can see that with a, a Deckers and a Crocs, right? And I guess in the mid- middle tiers is a Skechers, which that they're, they're competing like in the, around the $70 range. But Birkenstock, I'm not sure exactly how expensive they are, but I, I'm I, I'm assuming they're, they're probably in the $100 range uh, around there. So I think it does have a lot of the things that we look for. Uh, in the stock now that now the key is go and do that research, but it's definitely one that's uh, worth uh, adding to a watch list. Yeah, and you know what? I just went onto the the website and I'm seeing $159 for the Birkenstock Boston Clog. Uh, looks you like uh, you've got $110 for the Arizona dark brown two strap sandal, uh, $110. So yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're. That's not what I paid for my Birkenstocks. Let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that's what the hippies and the going to right, Woodstock exactly. were paying. Yes, yeah. And I was at the 25th anniversary of Woods, Woodstock, and I think I did have my Birkenstocks uh, on on that on that trip. So, um, okay, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, it wouldn't be a Valentine's Day special without a little bit of love. So let's take a look at LUV Southwest Airlines. Uh, this has been one of those. I mean, it's look, it's still in a downtrend. Um, but the travel, uh, leisure, the, you know, hotels, you know, they, they've been trying to perk up a little bit. Uh, so this is a, this is a base. Has it, has it put in its bottom finally? It, I, I think it's a little, still a little too early, uh, here. Now it is starting to make a little bit of higher highs, but I, I would be more comfortable with, with, uh, on a technical basis with this stock, if, if it started taking out like those 40 levels, right? Because now it's truly established a higher high at that point. And you can see the pattern recognition drawing a cup here. Uh, so it, probably a little bit too early, but the relative strength line is making some shorter term highs. It uh, it looks like it's had a positive earnings uh, for the first time in a while. Uh, and so here, I think the best thing they could do is just start going sideways, maybe establish a new trading range and emerge out of that and now start slowly changing the character. So uh, probably probably too early at this point, but so, some of the other airlines have been acting a little bit better. So maybe there's a little bit of chance, but overall the airline group in itself is only 120. So that's another negative uh, to mm-hmm. it. So so this is one, add to the watch list, keep it, keep it on the radar, maybe in a few months, uh, maybe next earnings report or something that maybe that'll give it more of a catalyst to slowly start making its way back up. Yeah. And, and just like, you know, you said, there are definitely stronger airlines out there uh, and in the in the discount space, uh, you know, you got Ryanair, R-Y-A-A-Y. Uh, that's a very different looking chart. I mean, yeah, this has good. been in an uptrend, relative strength, really powerful. Uh, SkyWest, S-K-Y-W, uh, very different looking chart. I mean, this has been on a pretty good tear, uh, a, a little a little lower in liquidity, but um but certainly, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's been acting, uh, it's been acting really, really good lately. Uh, you know, it's a $2 billion market cap stock, but uh, really strong uptrend had its had its base and is been holding the 10 week moving average line very well lately. Yeah, these are exactly the type of charts that you want to look for. So a lot of times you may find an interesting idea. But what you want to do is go through the whole group, because there are times where you'll find an even better idea within that group so so that 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 was a perfect exercise right there where you see you see southwest there's like oh you know it's kind of formed this base but it's a laggard versus the others and in the end the goal of of for all of us is we want to try to be in the leading stocks not only of course in the overall market but even within the industry groups you want to try to be within what's the leading stock of that industry group and and right now it's not necessarily southwest Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is one of the things that I, I like to do is you see on the left hand side of the weekly chart, for those of you that are looking at the video, which you can always find at investors.com slash podcast, uh, you can see, hey, you know, who are some of the leaders in the group and and love is there. Yep. Um, but it's, you know, you also have Hawaiian, uh, you have Ryanair, uh, you have SkyWest, you know, that, that are going to show up to kind of let you know, hey, here, here are some other areas that you might look at to see if you can find stronger. Very good. Well, hey, Arusha, I hope you have a great Valentine's Day. Uh, enjoy your evening Thanks tonight. You, Hopefully, 
our producer, uh, you know, can can wrap up his his work here and actually enjoy some of his Valentine's Day as well uh, before before it turns midnight. Uh, <laughs> but thank you all for joining us uh, for for this episode, and I uh, hope you turn tune in next week because we've got Eric Kroll coming back to the show. Of course, Eric Kroll is um, you know he's he's been a longtime fan of IBD, and uh, he and some of his friends have written a book, uh, you know, the Life Cycle Trade, where they did a bunch of research. He, he really digs the research and very successful on his own uh, in terms of his own prop trading and everything like that. So uh, it'll be great to talk to him. And uh, we hope you join us for that. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye now. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.